Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome, my darlings. It's time for a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am just so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here feeling good, feeling actually good in my body, in my mind, in my heart. I'm having a good day, okay? And for someone that feels like it's been a while since I had an actual good day, I'm not taking this good day for granted, but just soaking up the goodness of this moment. It has been uh, quite a ride since last week. I know last week I shared fairly intimately about having been really sick and really ill. I was going through this crazy fever portal. And then the freaky part about that is I really felt like I took a turn for the better and now everything's going to be great again. And then I got so much sicker again. Immediately after I recorded last week's podcast, I just got sicker and sicker to the point of I think I had the worst headache of my entire life. And I don't want to say stuff like that lightly, but it was, yeah, people with a migraine I know can relate. It was, it was, it was, it was the headache from hell. And it just got worse and worse and worse to the point of, I felt like my face was exploding from the inside out. And then of course, right at the depth of despair, when I was about to just give up on everything and you know, I couldn't even cry because crying made my sinuses and made my nose stuffy and then it hurt my head even more. I couldn't even cry. It was right at the depth of everything being really terrible. All of a sudden I woke up and I felt better, you know, and it's so funny to me, not funny, but it's always such a challenge for me to in the really hard moments and on the really hard days, remember the fundamental core truth that nothing is permanent. I don't know if you have an easier way with this than I have. Maybe for you, you're great at reminding yourself that this is not forever and soon I'll feel good again. But for me, when I get into like a slump, me and my friend, we call it when I get into, when we get into a hole, like we just call it that we have, there's an emoji. It's the, if you just type hole, <laughs> there's a hole, there's a hole, an emoji hole. And we use that to communicate with our, with each other when we're having bad days. Like, how are we doing? Are we in a hole or not? And we can be in a hole at a certain time of day and just feel really low and really sad and something's not great. And then at the end of the day, we feel great again, right? Because that's the cyclical nature of life. And for me, whenever one of those slumps, when it lasts or when it feels really deep, I completely lose sight of the fact that things are going to be okay. 
(laughs) especially when it comes to physical ailments or pain. I just get really, really weighed down by the fact that everything is hard and I just lose hope altogether. And I keep waiting to just grow or mature enough to get to a place where I have a really hard time and I can still feel totally anchored in that trust that I'm still on the right path, but I'm not there yet. I wish I was an enlightened being. I I do, (laughs) but I'm just not there yet. And this, these past two weeks, I didn't leave the house for, for pretty much two weeks. These past two weeks have been a, a challenge, but today, I mean, I felt good yesterday. I felt okay the day before. Yesterday was the first day I I really woke up and I was like, hey, I'm alive. I'm good. And today I feel great. And yesterday I taught my first live class on yogagirl.com since, I don't know, since the beginning of the year, since pre-mold, pre-losing, you know, all of our routine and stability and structure. So yeah, it's been a a very, very long time and it was an exciting thing to feel inspired enough and creative enough to actually want to teach, to actually want to share. I went live on Instagram in the morning, which I literally, I haven't been, (laughs) this feels like such a trivial thing, but I haven't been speaking live on social media for at least six months. And I used to do that all the time. I used to like every other day, pick up my phone and share something or teach something or do a practice or a meditation, or I would have guests on to do lives. And for such a long time, I felt completely depleted and lacking inspiration, lacking creativity. Just the idea of going live on Instagram felt ridiculous. Like, what do I have to share that anyone is going to listen to at all? Like, it just wasn't there. And yesterday I went live and it was really beautiful. It was really beautiful. I taught a class. I'm calling it Healing Hour. And I love, okay, I love the name. I love it. I don't know. It just came to me. Healing Hour. I love it. It's just one hour and we're going to do them different times. Right now we're doing like middle of the day EST, but we're going to do weekend ones and we're going to add different times in so that we kind of figure out the best timing for it. But I want to share my own practice. This has really been my goal to not, when I'm teaching online, which is a challenging thing in and of itself, to not be there in this role of here I am as a teacher about to share something with you or about to construct a class of some sort to to sort of offer, but to be in my own practice, to actually be in my own practice, in my own movement, in my own body when I am immersed in the practices that I use on a daily basis, you know, that keeps me going, that keeps me sane. And to film that and to share that and to talk myself through that and have that be the practice that I share. And it's been kind of a, I don't know, I don't want to say a challenging thing, but it it is a hard thing teaching online because I miss the energy of the people in the room. It's hard to know what energy am I talking to? What kind of class am I teaching? Because I don't see you there. You know, I can't hear people breathing. If someone's emotional, I don't know because I can't see you. I can't hear you. I can't feel you in that way. And I struggle a bit teaching to a camera just like that because it's almost like I have to imagine what everybody needs that day and then try to fit my teaching into that somehow. And oftentimes it works, but oftentimes it's a little bit stressful and it leaves me feeling like I want something deeper, like I want something more. And yesterday 
I taught healing hour, one hour practice. We set an intention for fall or for this cycle of our lives. I pulled a card and then I got to just be in my body and move for the kind of practice that I really needed yesterday and do just that. Just talk myself through this practice just super gently. And it felt so good. It felt so good. It didn't feel like I forgot the camera was on. I forgot... I kind of forgot that we were alive in that sense because it just felt so normal. Like this is exactly what I would have done alone on my mat yesterday. And instead I got to share it with so many of you. So it was a good feeling just being back, offering something that felt purposeful. <laughs> and um, I really hope you enjoyed it if you practiced with me. If you didn't and you want to, you just go to yogagirl.com. I mean, this website is really my baby. You can either choose just to take one single class if you want. We charge $10 for a class if you just want to drop in once. Or you can subscribe, which is $16 a month. And for that, you get all the lives are included. All the lives are free. You get hundreds and hundreds of meditation classes and yoga classes and astrology content and just everything we do baked into the platform. So for me, subscribing makes sense because all you need to do is take two lives and then you have everything beyond that, you know, to make sense for the money you would have spent. And I'm, I'm really at a place where I feel so proud of yogagirl.com. The site is amazing. It really, really, really is. The team is amazing. Everyone's worked so hard to get it to where we are. And now finally, I mean, after this whole year, I feel like I'm playing a part on the site too, you know, that I'm actively live and present again. It's just, it just feels good. <laughs> so hope you'll join me and practice with me over there. Next uh, live is going to be on Monday. We're going to do a, a, we have a full moon in Pisces coming up. So we're going to do a full moon ceremony there. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i feel like i don't know about you but just with the pisces energy coming up and, and everything <laughs> everything, everything in the world. I, I, I don't even know how to articulate anymore the mess of this world. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like jumping from one thing to the other, but the things that we actually have to hold on 
a daily basis, the news that we have to ingest, the the things that are kind of thrown at us all day, the information coming our way through TV and radio and social media and magazines and everything. It's so overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. And I was really sitting with that, just feeling into the energy of this moon coming up, like the Pisces energy of transcending the boundaries You know, for me, the Pisces energy really is about oneness, really is about that infinite, unconditional love. It's about zooming way out from the minutiae and the details and the drama of day-to-day life to get to that place where we know that we all actually want the same things. We all want to feel safe. We all want to feel grounded. We all want to feel good in our bodies. We all want to belong. We all want community. We all want to feel loved and worthy. We all want peace. Like I really believe that at the depth of our hearts, like we all want the same things. But then we have so many layers of all of the dramatic things that are unfolding every single day and a lot of harmful things unfolding every single day too. And just being part of that landscape of of listening to these conversations, whether it's the political conversation happening across the world, whether it's the pandemic conversation happening across the world, whether it's the vax or unvax conversation around the world, or and not to mention just the 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 uprisings and the complete, you know, meltdown of structure and government and systems that we're seeing in so many countries everywhere. And add on top of that, Mother Earth. And how we are treating this planet right now. I mean, all of this baked into one planet. Like it's it's too much. (laughs) I could cry right now just saying that. It's too much. And I'm contemplating this now because I'm planning this full moon ceremony. I really want to offer something that feels like oneness. That feels like peace. And it's such a struggle because... How do we hold all the pain of this world? And we all are just listening to the pain, just reading stories, just listening to the news. You are holding the pain of this world. You are digesting and holding on to all of this pain, all of this discord happening everywhere. And on top of that, you have your own pain and your own discord and the things that happen within you, right? Within your family structure and your personal life, and within your mind and the things that narratives and stories that you're telling yourself, like it's all too much. So how, how are we going to transcend this? How are we making it through the mess of this world in one piece? Not just in one piece as like making it through alive, but in one piece as in feeling whole. I am really, really, really struggling with that. I mean, I'm struggling with it, but I'm also contemplating it so much because on one end of it, and this is something I was telling people, it was triggering for some people when I said this, but people would would ask me when we were in Sweden over the summer, so what's the COVID situation in Sweden? And I told my truth of us being there. It's like, oh, if you don't watch the news, there is no COVID in Sweden. (laughs) And that applied to me and my personal experience spending four months in Sweden in terms of there, you don't have to wear a mask anywhere. Everything was open. Nothing was shut down. No forced restrictions, no mandates. It was just, 
it didn't, you know, and not, and, and also not this narrative of everyone only talking about the pandemic all the time, at least the people I was spending time with. And then you turn on the news and then you, you see, okay, wait, of course, of course, there's COVID in Sweden, of course, there's a vulnerable part of the population that isn't doing well, and there are people in the hospitals. And yes, the pandemic exists there too. But just because the climate feels so different, the truth for me over those four months was, yeah, if you don't watch the news, there's no COVID because that's what it felt like, right? I could go for weeks without having an a conversation about COVID because it, it didn't, I didn't encounter something about it. You know, there's no one tapping me on the shoulder telling me you're doing this wrong, do this, do that. You know, here's this restriction. Don't go here. Do that. You know, it was just, wasn't like that. It, it, the summer, especially with everyone being outside, just felt very free. And I'm saying this from my lens of um, the time I spent before that was in Aruba, which I think is more like the U S we have pretty much the same, systems in place as in most of the continental U.S. has right now in terms of there being a ton of restrictions and a ton of regulation, a ton of things you can't do and you can't go anywhere without a mask and Leah wears a mask in school and all of these things that I had already accepted because I, you know, I'm, I'm following the rules, okay? So this this thing where, where when we're, when we are digesting all of this stuff coming our way, one side of things could be to put our head in the sand, right? What would happen if I, if I, if I went off social media for a while, how would I feel if I didn't listen to any more news? How would I feel if I completely disconnected from all of this information? And I didn't do that in Sweden because I was still present online and social media and still getting news and all that stuff. So I didn't feel this sense of peace, you know, in my being because there's pain everywhere. But just in terms of the pandemic situation in Sweden, I felt very, very safe there. I didn't feel worried. I didn't feel stress. I didn't feel fear all the time, like going to the grocery store or going to the post office or you know, going to a restaurant, like there wasn't this feeling of, oh my God, be careful. You know, don't, don't get too close to anybody. Don't, you know, make sure you wash your hands a million times. I didn't have those feelings there, but in Aruba, I have them all the time, all the time. And it's not because numbers wise or statistically things are worse here because they're not, but it's because I am constantly reminded from this mind place of things aren't safe you're not safe. You're not safe. You're not safe. Put on the mask. Go here. Don't do that. Look at how many people are in the hospital. Here's another news report. Here's another press conference with the prime minister. Numbers are going up. Numbers are going up. Like that conversation, that narrative that I am just fed here all the time comes along with this huge chunk of fear, right? It's not safe to move around. It's not safe to be in this community. It's not safe to leave your house. And in Sweden, the reality is the same, right? The likelihood of me contracting that virus is the same. It's all the same stuff. Like I'm doing the same things. I'm not, you know, raging in Aruba, going clubbing or something like that. Like I'm still living the same regular family, like quiet life, but the energy is so different. So I'm contemplating that, like where, where does the line draw? Where do we draw the line between wanting more peace, opting out of narratives that we feel aren't serving us, right? And we can do that without having to be compartmentalized or put in this box of, of you know, not listening, right? 
because it, <laughs> it's not the same as, you know, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm going to go everywhere. I'm going to gather with a hundred people. I'm going to throw parties. I'm going to not take precautions. That's not the same. You know, you can still take the precautions that you want to take to be a sensible citizen, right? Without having to take in all the narratives and all the fear coming our way all the time. Does that make sense? Am I making sense to you? Can you tell that I'm trying to make sure that you don't think that I'm some crazy person? Because every time I talk about the pandemic, I get there's so too many camps now of people who feel so strongly about everything other people do. So there's no way to talk about the pandemic, I feel, without getting lashed back from one of those camps, right? And um, <laughs> I'm just clarifying my stance. My problem isn't with the restrictions. My problem isn't with governments doing the best they can to try to keep people safe. My problem is with the overwhelming narrative of fear pushed on us 24 fucking hours a day. And being in Sweden and not having that, it was so freeing. I felt so safe. I felt so calm. And technically, you know, if you want to go that route, I should be able to feel the same way in Aruba because the situation is so similar, but I don't. Like here, I'm back in that kind of monitoring. I'm just, I can feel it in my body. I'm looking left, looking right. There's just this feeling of like, oh, I don't know if I can really relax here, right? And the difference is, what do I choose to absorb, right? What am I listening to? What's the information I am allowing from the outside world into my personal space? And that we can control, right? We really can. Because we don't want to put our heads in the sand and pretend bad things aren't happening, right? Because I feel like there's part of, part of the world that likes to do that, you know? Just if I don't listen to any news, I don't take part of anything, I just focus on me, myself, and I, you know, and I'm just meditating in my peaceful little moment. And it's like, okay, I can use the privilege I have to just focus on myself, right? But that doesn't work either because by blinding ourselves or making ourselves blind to the pain of the world, how on earth are we going to be of service? How on earth are we going to be able to take action to actually change something and make a change and help improve other people's lives? We can't do that and also shut it all out, right? So somewhere there is this balance that's really hard to strike. And then on the whole other end of that spectrum is our bleeding, bleeding hearts that feel so much for every news story, every social media thing that we see that someone is suffering. I mean, if you were to wake up in the morning and count, I feel like we should do this just out of curiosity, like wake up in the morning and just count from the moment you wake up, how many dramatic, sad, painful, or traumatic things are shared your way, whether it's through scrolling on your phone, listening to the radio, watching the news from other people telling you stories about other people's pain and sorrow and trauma. I mean, I, I have a guess that that number is really, 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 really high. And we think that this is normal, that it's normal to go through a regular day of our lives, just trying to take care of our kids and our families and our bodies and our own health, and just casually be fed this mass trauma all day at, without, without anyone asking our consent, you know, because that's kind of what social media has become. It's like, I can just be scrolling and I follow people that I have 
you know, selected because I'm inspired by their content or, and I, you know, people I, I, I want to take part of their information, right? But there's so many people that it's really hard to filter out. Maybe today I'm not fit to read about the death of this person. Maybe today I'm not fit to, to take in this, these atrocities happening from over here or, and if you follow a lot of activists, chances are you are going to be fed a lot more of this information, right? And it's kind of like we scroll past it, we read something really horrible that's happened in the world, and then, you know, our fragile little hearts go, oh my God, oh, I can't believe that's happening. Maybe we take a moment with that, maybe we read, maybe we watch a video, maybe we cry, Maybe we take action somehow, we share that in our story feeds, we go and donate to a GoFundMe, we share it to a friend, like we do something with it even. And then eventually that moment's over, right? Sometimes it's over really quickly. We don't do anything with it, we just read it. And then we scroll on and the next thing we see is like someone doing their makeup, you know, or someone's dog or someone's yoga pose or whoever we're following. But something happened in that moment, Something really happened to us in that moment, taking part of that one second-hand, third-hand, fifth-hand trauma. Something shifts in our nervous system when we take in and read about, and especially watching videos and, and images of something traumatic. Something happens to our system. And we are so, we become so, we think we, we've normalized this, right? We become almost like jaded by this, that we think it's like, oh, I just scroll on by. I just scroll to the next thing and then comes the next thing and then comes the next thing. And at the end of the day, is it strange that we are feeling completely fucking overwhelmed? I mean, what does this kind of mass fear, mass pain, what does it do to a human being? What is it doing to, to our families? What is it doing to our kids, to our communities, to our societies? I feel like I'm ranting now, which I did not even plan to talk about this today at all. But this is really at the surface of my heart right now because I feel so ambivalent about it. I really do. I don't want to close myself off from the pain of the world because I want to play an active role in making the world better. I want to help ease the pain of other people whenever I can. But I also want to protect my own heart. I also want to protect and take care of my nervous system so that I can be the best possible version of myself for the world and for my daughter and for my husband and for myself. And right now, I, I just, I haven't found that, that, that perfect recipe of how to do that. The thing I come back to, and it's also this, this Pisces energy right? The Pisces energy of going inward, of it's not all about the material stuff that happens out there, you know, but by going inward and being with myself, I will realize that it's greater than all of this, right? That at the end of the day, we are all connected, like we are already one. And that's at that big wide macro level. So how do we take that truth and that knowing? Because it's, it's a place we can rest, right? Having some sort of anchor in the belief that we are okay. And a belief that at the end of the day, we are going to be okay. That there are actually more things that unite us than separate us. Like that belief is really important. Having one anchor there gives us so much peace. You know, it's a place to rest in between 
living in this other world, this regular real world that we live in where everything kind of hurts all the time and all we see all day long is separation and division and hatred and pain caused. I think there is something in this of, you know, the, the, the practices that we have that, that have become life buoys for us. Life buoys, is that a thing? <laughs> the practices that we have that have become like buoys for us on this big stormy sea. The things that keep us afloat, right? That maybe sometimes we feel a little bit guilty about doing too much of, you know, because we want to take care of ourselves, but we don't want to be selfish, right? And there are so many other people to take care of. So, you know, we can't just put ourselves first all the time. I mean, we're so conditioned to do this, but I'm thinking these practices, what if they are not just something to take us through the day, right? They're not just something so, so that we can kind of keep ourselves together and, and carry on. What if what we find in these sacred spiritual practices is where we are all going, you know, what if it's that one tether to something greater that at the end of the day is what allows us to take action when the little things come our way all day long? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I just feel like, <laughs> like drinking tea. <laughs> drinking tea has become this <laughs> has become this like Dennis and I were in the car yesterday and he has an Ironman race coming up soon he's going to the States for Ironman he's so excited and when he's training for a race or he has a race coming up that's all he thinks about right he's just thinking about the race he's thinking about all the things and the components of the race and the logistics of that and his training and all this stuff and then and he was just like talking about like the bike ride for the race and I could see him smiling. And I'm like, is it weird that the way you feel about Iron Man, like I feel about tea, <laughs> like the way he longs to get to that race, to be in that, like that sense of community that he loves so much that like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and transcending the mind and all the stuff that just makes him go wild for Iron Man. Like I feel that way about getting home at the end of the day to sit down at my tea table at this little Airbnb to drink my tea. <laughs> I go to bed and then at night I get really excited because I know I get to wake up in the morning and drink tea. <laughs> so it's these moments with tea that have become so, so, so important to me. I'm really wanting to hold space for the part of me that has sought this practice out, right? That there's a part of me that, that is recognizing that I'm really depleted by all the stuff happening in the world right now. And I'm trying my best to navigate it. And I have a lot of tools and I'm a privileged person and I want to be of service 
and I want to be a good mom and a good person in my community and a good wife and a good friend and a good boss. And I want to be good in all of these ways. And, and I'm barely, I'm hanging on by a thread. It's, it's the way things are escalating. I won't be able to sustain this with what's happening in the world because it's so overwhelming. And as the world escalates, I have to escalate my own practices, right? The wilder and crazier and more chaotic the world out there becomes, the more I have to dedicate time to peace and quiet and stillness and grounding and find enough space every single day where I can hear that inner voice inside reminding me that I am safe, that things are going to be okay, that there is hope, that there is beauty, that there is love, that there is all of these great things about this world still, that there is more than the trauma and the fear and the pain that I'm seeing every day. And I think there's this part of me, this depleted part, sought this practice out, that's why last year, I mean, I, I found this practice because it opened up so much more space for me to sit in silence. Whereas my traditional meditation practice that would usually happen either in the morning or before or after my yoga practice, I had it really structured and condensed, right? So I would do like a 20 minute sit. That was it. 20 minutes of meditation. And then I would, I would dance and journal and practice my yoga. And I had all these other things and do dynamic meditation, which is a really active meditation and a shaking meditation. I had so many things, right? But the actual daily practice of sitting in silence and stillness with myself, that was a 20 minute max really, where I would like use a timer, sit on my meditation cushion, use a mantra, use my breath, use a technique and B, right? That was, it was a really short amount of time every day. And sometimes, you know, I felt like, oh, it has to be five minutes now. I, I can only sit for five minutes because I don't have time. And of course, you know, if you're not meditating at all, if you don't have any practice of stillness and sitting and being with yourself, then five minutes of that a day is going to be fucking fantastic. Five minutes of that a day is going to make a big change in terms of how you feel. 20 minutes a day is going to change your life. 20 minutes twice a day is going to be a game changer, right? And I think before pandemic, before chaos, and it's more than the pandemic now, it's not just, you know, we could wish that there's a global pandemic and we're all in this together. Let's ride it out and then we're going to be okay. It's not that. It's everything pulled out from, from all of this and all the division and all the all the separation that this is causing now and that it's caused for the past two years. So before all of that, yeah, maybe five or 20 minutes a day was fine. And now there's some part of me that, that recognized without me being really conscious of it, because I wasn't from my mind, you know, actively seeking out a new practice, but there, I really believe now this depleted, tired part of me sought out something new because I needed much more time. And that's what tea has brought me because, okay, don't laugh, <laughs> but say I spend on average three hours sitting at my tea table a day, sometimes four, sometimes more. At the very least, like on the, on the day where I, for when I have the shortest sits, I, I'm, I'm two hours 
um, present at my tea table, um, sitting with tea. So usually I do in the morning, I'll do two hours in the morning after Dennis leaves with Leia for school. And this is normally a time where I'm thinking like, what would I normally do with this time? I would roll out my mat. If I had that space, I would be at my computer working. I would be cleaning up around the house. Like I would be doing whatever I'm doing. And now I do this. In the evening, I sit for another one to two hours. And I do this right after I put Leia to bed. And this is the time I would normally be watching Netflix with Dennis. That's normally like we would put Leia to bed, eat, try to have some grown up time and then watch a movie, right? That's, that's kind of what we used to do in the evenings. Or sometimes we wouldn't watch a movie and I wouldn't end up like being on social media or scrolling or, or something mindless like that. So the, the time it's taken out of my day isn't actually taking something from my day, right? And I actually feel like I've through this, this open, quiet ocean of stillness that I'm finding at my tea table, I'm able to be much more present with Dennis. And we are having much better conversation, much better communication, much more intimacy in our relationship because we're not sitting next to each other on a couch anymore, looking at something else, right? But when we're together, we're looking at each other more. So it just, you know, and it's not like I'm never going to watch Netflix again or anything like that, but this is the space I'm in right now where, yeah, if I can have two to three hours a day to sit in silence, to be still, you know, to listen to what's going on inside of me, to cry, to feel, to breathe, you know, because what happens there is that it opens up so much time. I'm not waiting for a timer to go off and then I'm done holding this intense presence, you know, this kind of rigidity I feel that sometimes comes along with that serious sounding meditation practice. But I have this ritual that I do that keeps my hands busy and I'm drinking tea and I feel supported by this energy, this plant energy, and then I'm just sitting there. And I get to actually sort through all of those things that are happening inside of me. And so often, especially at the end of the day, when I sit down, I, it's like my whole body does this, this exhale that just feels like, oh God, another day, you know, another day of holding this pain, this pain of this whole world, another day of knowing that there is so much suffering, another day of overwhelm. And if there's anything that you can incorporate into your life, I guess that's what I'm, where I'm getting with this, where you can give yourself more time, more space, then this is the time to do that. I mean, this is it right now. And I know I'm, I'm speaking from a privileged place, like who has that amount of time, you know, to to sit at a tea table. Well, right now I do, and I'm really grateful that I do. And I'm going to take advantage of that. Maybe for you, it's different. But for me, cutting out that two to three hours of Netflix every night that wasn't really serving me, at least at this stage in my life, and trading that for this has been a total game changer. I mean, a total, total, total game changer. And of course, it doesn't have to be tea right? Tea is what's working for me now. And if you want it to be tea, you can make it be tea. Just <laughs> sit down on the floor 
with a cup of tea and just sit there. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but that's, that's how we begin, right? That's, that's literally how we begin. How can you give yourself more time and more space to be? Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Preferably, you know, in addition to the other practices that you already have around taking care of your body. Because it's different, right? Say we only have this tiny little window of self-care in a day. Yeah, we're going to want to move, right? We need to dance. We need to run. We need to work out. We need to do our yoga. We need to sweat. We need to keep our body moving. That's so important. And that's also a part of processing. But then we also need the stillness. We so badly need the stillness. I mean, we need the stillness and the quiet. We need it so, 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 so bad. And it's hard to choose an hour of quiet if you have the opportunity to choose an hour of yoga, right? When you know that your body aches and it feels tight and you need to move and stretch and give yourself space. So maybe the practice for right now, and especially for the full moon, if you want to join me for the ceremony on Monday, we're going to go deeply into this because yeah, this is a big topic in my life right now. In all of our lives, I think you know, what are the areas of your day, the areas of your life that maybe are ready to fall away? Because believe me, there is something there happening in your day today that is draining your energy right now, that is sucking up your time, your precious, precious, precious time, that is draining your energy, that is holding you back from inviting in a bigger spiritual practice right now. There is, there is something there. And I know, you know, there's people out there right now who are like filled to the brim, maxed out days, puzzling kids and work and trying to make ends meet. And if that's the cycle you are in right now, you are doing the best you can. You are doing the best you can. And if you know, there's no window in my day where I could possibly invite even 20 minutes of something else. This is what I have then trust and know you are doing the best you can and things will change and hopefully soon you will have more space and time for yourself. But if you are not that person struggling to make things work, right? But where you know, like, yeah, I have a, a practice of spending four plus five, six hours a day on my phone, you know, scrolling on Instagram or watching TikTok videos or I'm on YouTube or doing nothing really, that's precious time. I mean, it really, really is. That is precious time that you could be doing something else with. 
Or maybe you have people in your life draining your energy right now, whose problems you are spending so much time trying to fix, trying to help them, trying to support them, trying to be there for them, but it's not serving you in any way. It's draining you, it's harming you, it's hurting you. Maybe that's something that's ready to fall away. Maybe there is a boundary needed to be set somewhere in your life that's going to free up more space for you. And maybe that boundary is between you and you, right? Maybe there's a part of you that goes, yeah, I have this habit and it's not serving me anymore and I want to drop it. Maybe you're drinking a bunch of wine every single night and it makes it impossible for you to get up early in the morning. Maybe that's something that needs to fall away. Maybe there's something else that you are engaged with that you know on a deep core level isn't actually serving you, isn't bringing you closer to your highest self. And it's draining your time, your resources, your energy. You could be doing something else. You could be filling that space with something really meaningful. And something really meaningful could be a quiet hour for yourself every day at the end of the day. A quiet hour for yourself, you know, regardless of what's going on, where you get to sit in silence and digest and process what came your way today. Whether that's with a cup of tea, with a journal, whether it's in a seated meditation practice, doing a yoga nidra in your yin yoga practice, in whatever you have, right? Whatever serves you in whichever way does. And I think we are at this place collectively where we need to be making different choices because how on earth else are we going to be able to sustain this? If we continue the way we are, and the world keeps escalating, where are we going to end up? <laughs> and I think for me, this resounding answer, you know, aside from wanting to wave a magic wand to make this pandemic go away, to end all wars in the world, to stop all atrocities, to stop all the trauma, to stop all the harm happening, to unite the people, to make us all remember that we have way more in common than we do separates us. I don't have that magic wand. And until I do, I think we all need to anchor deeper into our spiritual practices of prayer, of presence, of hope, of faith. And I'm worried that these practices, that they're getting lost. I'm worried that we, we lose that precious, precious silence to all the noise. And if there's ever been a good time to let something fall away, to make space for something more profound, it is right now. It is this moon in Pisces. It is right now. This is the time. This is it. This is now. Because it's critical that you take care of yourself. And taking care of yourself has to look different today than it did two years ago, five years ago. And it's going to look different six months from now. So I would love to just leave you with this, you know, what is something that can fall away, something you can put down, something you can drop, something that isn't serving you so you can make space for more depth, so you can make space for more, more time for you to be with yourself in a quiet way. It's a weird answer to how I started this podcast of how are we going to manage all the overwhelm and all the things and fix the world and to sit in silence more right now. I think if we all sat in silence with ourselves more, the world would look different. 
And we can only start with ourselves, with what we have here now. Yeah, let's take a deep breath. Inhale. Open mouth. Exhale. Mm. I'm sending you so much love. So much love. So, 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 so much love from my heart to yours. I hope you feel it. Take beautiful care of yourself. And I hope to see you Monday for our full moon ceremony at yogagirl.com. Go sign up if you haven't already. And hopefully we'll sit in circle very soon. Until then, take great care of yourself. And of course, I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you love this show, please rate and review and follow all the episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. A big thanks to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. I'll see you next week. <laughs>